space. Well, not really. Take two. Here, in the Mitten State, welcome to Code 47, bringing you all things Star Trek, spanning the quadrants, the best things since the neutral zone. And we are back. Code 47 podcast coming at you on the Secret Friends Podcasting Network. This is episode 41. I am Charlie Carden, Trek Lord of West Michigan. Who? Uh, oh, you stop it now. Uh-huh. I was. I will be again. Yeah, no, I had a, <laughs> I had a membership glitch in Secret uh, Starfleet International, the <laughs> official Star Trek fan club that we all belong to. Never uh, heard of it. Didn't get a <laughs> uh, a renewal notification until my membership was expired, and so it's kind of thrown leadership of my club into a tizzy, which will be rectified. But at any rate, I am joined by Raren, my my uh, transporter uh, error duplicate co-host, uh, Rich and Aaron. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Oh, uh, you know. I'm having a little uh, afternoon drink. Sky rockets in flight. Oh, that's not what uh, uh, Wait. <laughs> Afternoon delight. <laughs> oh, what were you gonna say, Richie? We got the singing out of the way right away. That's awesome. Oh, uh, there will I, be more. Yeah, there's I gonna be more. I, okay. I didn't know that there was a there was a, a tunes per minute, but we'll we'll get it figured out. But uh, at any rate, yeah, this is episode forty-one, and we are uh, we we decided, you know, we had a schedule, uh, and w- what we did is we were having so much fun talking about discovery that we're like, you know what, let's finish discovery. Let's be like all the way going through Discovery. And the thing about what we're going to talk about today, which is the front half, the first seven episodes of season three of Discovery, is that if you scroll back on this podcast, my former host, Alex, who kicked the show off with me, we broke this down week by week, but neither one of you guys is Alex, thankfully. Uh, so we're, do- <laughs> we're doing it again, because I would imagine we probably have a whole new crop of listeners uh and if we get angry uh hate tweets that said why are you wasting my time doing the same thing over again at least we know that people are listening and i think that's a good thing so uh let's kick it off uh you guys uh onesie twosie uh read this or even just really summarize because it's a big old paragraph uh, about the episode i'll jump in and give my two cents you guys jump in give your two cents and then we'll move through these seven episodes so who is going to do the honors and kick us off? I am because I have to go first so that Rich can see the little treat that I made him when Aww. he's reading. The second one. All right, go for it. After traveling to the future, Michael Burnham arrives in the year 3188 and learns that she was successful. Burnham crashes into the ship of Cleveland Book Booker. The book is in parentheses. A courier transporting stolen cargo. He explains that an event called the burn, also with quotes, and I'm doing them with my air fingers, most of the (laughs) galaxy's dilithium exploded, destroying many starships, including most of Starfleet. Now the galaxy is disconnected and no longer governed by the United Federation of Planets. Burnham helps Book protect his cargo, an endangered trance worm that he is taking to a sanctuary from other couriers. In exchange, Book takes her to a seemingly abandoned Federation Federation space station where they find a Federation liaison waiting in the hope that a Starfleet officer would come to the station one day. Burnham gives him a commission to serve as acting communications chief. He is unable to locate the USS Discovery, which was traveling to the future with Burnham. Dump, dump. What? 
This was um, the, the, what I'm going to say about this. The, this certainly the first half of the season I've been watching it is that something that will certainly fuel the, the ire of all of the neckbeards out there is that this is an absolute game changer, pulling out all stops. Uh, Star Trek totally different than what you've seen before. Yeah, because there are no white humans. There are there not are no even yeah one. There not in this episode. Uh, yeah, I, don't I think. know. I, yeah, the first was, one ever. It's a game changer. I know that's is. not what you meant, but I, I was just throwing but, it in there. But just the overall gritty tone, it's like when DS9 came out in the early 90s, like, it's not t- like TNG. DS9 is is dirty, and there's this thing, and there's that thing. It's like, this the future, you know, 32nd century couldn't be any more gross. Everything is broken. <laughs> you know, everybody's where everybody looks like they stink to high hell. It's like Game of Thrones. Um, you know, it's just, it's really, really super duper different. So, um yeah, this is great because you get this is it's an all Burnham episode. She's the fish out of water. Uh, she she makes a new friend, but she doesn't really know if he's a friend because he looks like he's betraying her left and right. So just a lot of stuff going on here. And what a cool even beginning of it, because it begins and it's that it's the the Starfleet com guy. And, and you seeing him going through his, you know, his alarm clock goes off every day and he gets up and he's just, you know, he's living groundhog day, trying to find the Federation, find the Federation. <laughs> he's trying um, to find Punxsutawney Phil. Exactly. No, no, he's exactly. waiting for the Cylon emissary to come. Oh, very true. Unfortunately, that doesn't end up happening because that would be quite a bummer. So, but no, I, I really dig it. A, a, a kicker of a start. I remember being, so super excited and just transfixed when this episode uh, came on uh, in October of last year to kick off the season. So. Okay, so I did feel the same way you did, but then when I did this rewatch, I was like, eh, all right. I'm, I'm right there with you, and that's exactly how I felt. Kind of a feeling of meh? Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, hey, it's no season two. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, as if, you know, I mean, and again, maybe I'm coming from the perspective of having already talked about this before and, and being really fired up and, but talking about it the week that it aired and being like, Oh my God, what's going to happen next? And maybe not, like you said, having a feeling of, well, you know, where's it going to go from here? So well, Rich and I can be your Debbie Downers. Tonight. There <laughs> you go. Well, why don't you Debbie down me into episode two then? I'll let Rich do it. All right, here we go. It's called far from home. The USS discovery crash lands on a glacier. The ship is damaged and crew members are wounded, including the helm officer, Kayla Detmer. Acting Captain Saru decides to repair the ship before exploring the outside world so that they can learn or but they learn that they are missing resources that they require to complete the repairs. Saru and Ensign Sylvia Tilly go to a nearby settlement to get programmable matter to help Discovery in exchange for some of the ship's dilithium, which would allow them. You skipped a whole line. Holy crap, I did, didn't I? What yeah, let's let's start with Saru and Ensign Sylvia Tilly. Okay. Saru and Ensign Sylvia Tilly go to a nearby settlement to get the resources they need to find a group of poor miners <laughs> or and and find a group of poor miners. Wah wah being wah, oppressed wah. by a courier named Zara. The miners <laughs> used programmable matter to help Discovery in exchange for some of the ship's dilithium. Now that see that makes a whole lot more sense even, <laughs> even even with miners as it is right now, <laughs> which would allow them to leave the planet and escape Zara. I don't know if I'm saying that name right. I can't remember. Sure, why not? Sure. 
However, Zara uh, arrives and attacks the group, killing one of the miners and planning to take all of Discovery's dilithium. He is stopped when Philippa Giorgio arrives against Saru's orders and overpowers Zara and his men. The crew return to Discovery with the resources they need, but the glacier's parasitic ice has encased the ship and it is unable to take off until Burnham arrives and frees <gasps> books. Dun, dun, dun! You like awesome. Do, do you like what I did with the minor? That was, yeah, that's good. And of course, I, I did fucked it up because, uh, you know, I, 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 I skipped know. right over it. I'm sorry. I, I've screwed up left and right today. I didn't, I didn't done fucked it up. Um, <laughs> I love it. And, and then, yes, you know, Burnham does show up to kind of save the day. And we found out that she has been converting around the galaxy for an entire year. So really, Discovery arrives in the year 3189. Where and so Bern- like, I love your hair. Yeah, right, exactly. Oh, very, pro- oh, that's very professional. Um, but yeah, this was like I said, if 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 you know the ex- you know this uh, mercantile exchange that Burnham was at in the last episode was grim and gritty. You know, meeting this Zareth guy and starting to get our our first taste of of the Emerald Chain, which is gonna be uh, you know our big nemesis, uh, you know, led by the sister of Margot Kidder, um, who is the actress who's actually the head Emerald Chain chick. I learned as as the season goes on. Huh. Um, well, she's annoying. I wish yeah. I I don't like that whole storyline. I think it's dumb. But we'll get to that. Um, it, indeed, we shall. But anyway, yeah, I liked it. I, it was it was it was grim. It was meh. gritty. But you saw you saw the gang pull together the way Starfleet does. Uh, you saw Giorgio not giving two and a half shits about anybody the way that she does and just kind of doing whatever she feels. And, Best part um, of the episode was yeah. Giorgio. Um, I just I liked it. It was okay. I mean, I liked it more than the first, but I was just like, eh, all right, more setup. Right. Okay. More yeah, I mean, okay. Season two got like right into it. This one. You felt like there was a little draggy drink. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I, I get why, though. I mean, this is, yeah, I mean, too. we're in a whole new world at this point. So they've got to kind of. I get why, too, but we don't have to like it. I know. Yeah, exactly. But like, it's it's all this, it's like re-world building. So it's like, we already did this in season one now we've got to redo it in season three and it just kind of like you said Aaron, it's just kind of like all right i'm get to the point you know let's get on right. with this mm-hmm. let's party let's party so um yeah but yeah this this leaves us so yeah it happens right at the last minute that she shows up so you don't get uh much of anything but for her to say i've been around looking for you guys for a year and then uh i i you know i leading right into episode three people of earth which i got kind of fired up about um, so that would bring us back to you, Aaron. Okay. Is his name Sahil? Sure. That okay. sounds about right. All right, cool. So with Sahil not able to locate Discovery in 3188, Burnham becomes a courier and works with books, searching for clues as to the fate of the Federation. She finds a transmission from Admiral Senatal on Earth, but is unable to get there with their limited dilithium. After a year, Discovery arrives in the future and Burnham finds them. Saru becomes the new captain and Discovery's dilithium is stored on Book's cloaked ship, which he parks in their docking bay for safety. Using Discovery's advanced spore drive, they travel to Earth and find it no longer part of the Federation. Investigators from the United um, Earth Defense Force board Discovery and explain that Tal is dead. They are all attacked by dilithium bandits who the EDF attempts to destroy until Burnham and Book trick the bandits, capturing their leader, Wen. In negotiations between Wen and EDF Captain something, how do you say that? N- Nadoye, maybe? Nadoye. Nadoye. Yeah. 
There you go. The two sides realize that they can help each other and prevent future fighting. A young investigator named Adira reveals that they they are the host of Tal's Trill Symbiont and is connected with their memories. I got to tell you, I had to change all these freaking pronouns. <laughs> they were all squirreled about. And I will bitch about that now if that's okay. Uh let's save that until we get till the next one where, okay. it's, a, where, where it's an episode all about Adira. So yeah. I, first of all, um, first potential name of the episode, EDF. Uh-huh. 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 Anybody? <laughs> yeah, I know that song. <laughs> I don't know what that song is. Yeah. But I don't know what they, they say. They have that lady in the song. It's like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> I really liked uh, an earth that, has broken away from the Federation and has gone back to it's funny because it kind of harkens back to the original series in the first season of TOS. They had no idea what the governing body of the enterprise was, what the, what the organization was. They called it the, the, they called it the United space earth probe agency or USPA at one point. Kirk says it in one of his early logs. I'm talking probably within the first 10 episodes or so. And then it was the Star Service, and then it, it was Starfleet Tours, and finally became the Starfleet that we know. So I'm kind of cool, and of course it was, but it was retconned to be regular Starfleet, Earth Starfleet in Enterprise, and then the Earth United Fleet. Federation, yeah, United Federation of Planets was formed in Space Force. Yeah, Space, Space Force. Force, exactly. <laughs> Team America Space Force. Yeah. Uh, you know, the United Federation of Planets was uh, basically established in that horrible holodeck program that ended Enterprise, and we're not going to talk about that right now. So it's kind of interesting that you see Earth completely turn its back on the tenets of the Federation that they founded to just become, we're just Earth, and we've got a we've got a Tholian web wrapped around the planet, and nobody's going to touch us, and we're fighting off banditos, and Earth is just Earth. There's no more Federation for us. It might exist somewhere, but it ain't us. How that disappointed I- were you about the Trill? What do you mean? It's not Dax. I remember the first time I watched it, yeah. I was like, it's yep, not yep. Dax. Like, fuck that, fuck that I, trill. I, <laughs> we can't call it, we could call this episode F blank blank that trill. Um, so th- there's there's another <laughs> another possibility. Rich, make a note of it. Um, uh, noted. <laughs> I, I really dug this. I thought the, the Earth Defense Force, the EDF, was, was pretty sweet. So I, I really dug on this, uh, and but you still, at the end of it, you see the Starfleet and, and the United Federation of Planets emissaries, you know, our crew, as we know, still doing what they do, which is being the peacemakers, brokering an arrangement, figuring out a way um, that uh, Group A and Group B can, can find some kind of resolution. So I liked that. It stayed true to kind of the concept of, of what Starfleet was all about. But yeah, I love it that, you know, when... You know, the comfort of Starfleet and the Federation are broke apart. That Earth, that Earth, you know, gives the rest of the galaxy the middle fingers and said, "We're putting up a shield. We're not around anymore." That was kind of cool. It's a very Earther thing to do, though, right? Like uh, just kind Earther. of right, just to <laughs> right. kind of like pull back and be very, you know, seclusionist and right, uh, you know, pre pre World War II uh, United States. You know, Donald right. Trump was elected president for like the 10,000th time. And he was, and was he just a role? Was he a, a head in a jar like they had on Futurama? Yeah. Yeah. He was just a Futurama head. <laughs> like, 
the Futurama. That's another great possibility. So uh, anyway, so anyway, any other thoughts before we move on and and Aaron gets her chance to bitch about trills? I just want to say fuck that trill one more time. (laughs) (laughs) Rich, any thoughts? Any Um, about these earthers? Well, I mean, I, I did. I'm with you, Charlie, on this one. I liked seeing like what what Earth's reaction to this whole thing was, and it kind of predictable, but also kind of sets it up for maybe a fun ride, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I didn't think that the um the trill was that predictable. I mean, she was such an interesting character, and I liked the dynamic right from the bat of her and Stamets. That was like her poking around the ship and doing things. And he's like, what are you doing there? You yeah. know, the way he talked to her. I thought that was cool. I like how they set up what their the dynamic of what their relationship was going to be. Definitely. And I didn't mean the I didn't mean the trill was predictable. I just meant Earth's response to. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I hear you. I thought that okay. was totally predictable, too. Um, I just wanted to add that my favorite part of the episode was they don't. When I read the synopsis, um, I didn't feel like they really talked about the trill very much. And it, she's Adira is so, um, I don't know, in this episode throughout pretty yeah. much the whole thing, investigating the ship and up to like, you know, some mischief. And even though it's a B story, I kind of feel like the synopsis should have mentioned it a little bit more. Yeah, you'd think. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's, do, okay. let's do forget me not. Fuck that trail. Go ahead. Yeah, fuck that trail. <laughs> Is this me? It's you. Oh shit! Oh, I'm so I'm here waiting for you to do it. <laughs> How dare you? I'm sorry. I, I just I don't know. I can't look. It's, it's number four. I can't even figure out. I did two, so obviously I do four, right? Uh huh. You're evens. I... All right. So it's called Forget Me Not. Adira cannot remember how they came to be the host of the Tal Symbiont and cannot access the memories of previous hosts such as Senna. Burnham takes them to the Trill homeworld in hopes that the Trill can help unlock their memories. The Trill are also no longer part of the Federation, but welcome the discovery due to their need for new symbiont hosts. However, many Trill refuse to believe that non-Trill could host a symbiont, and Adira is turned away. A group of Trill attempt to kill them and take the symbiont, but Burnham stops them to... Burnham stops them in a friendly trill, Guardian Z, right? Sure. She, Z, I don't know. (coughs) (laughs) Offers to help. At the sacred caves of Makala, Z and Burnham help Adira connect to Tal and unlock their memories. When Senna died, Tal was uh, transferred to Grey, Adira's trill boyfriend. However, Bray was killed shortly after, and Adira offered to become the new host to save the Trill and the mem- or to save Tal and the memories of all previous hosts. After unlocking their memories, Adira is able to communicate with Gray. Meanwhile, Saru attempts to improve crew morale with the help of Doctor Hugh Culber. I apologize. I meant to change boyfriend to partner, and I forgot. So that's on me, guys. I'm sorry. It's, it's okay. well. I, it, I think we get it. Adira, okay. Adira, Adira calls uh, calls Gray her boyfriend. So yeah, right, but I, that's I, I that's correct. that's before Adira comes out as um, you know non-binary. So. Sure. I, I mean, we get it. And I, I think we get it. And I think I think I, I don't think it's going to going to hurt anybody too bad. But I, I see what you're saying. Ain't going to hurt nobody. We just dance, baby. OK, so <laughs> man, there's the more singing. It's it is. This is all 90s. So um, 
I like how Trill, again, they, they, they just like Earth, they've gotten very insular. Uh, and they, they try to rough up Burnham and Adira a bit, and Burnham is just not having it. So like I said, uh, the main thing that I want to get out of if I was a Starfleet officer is that how you can kick your – you can just kick your way out of any situation. Nobody roughs up roughs up somebody from Starfleet. Did uh, Trill lose, like, all of their personal history in the burn? I mean, did they did they lose all of their ability to keep records of the past? Must have. I mean uh, – because yeah, they they mentioned they do mention that well, there's never been a successful joining of right you know, Krill, and but Riker. Right, but if you remember that that was a temporary, so it was successful, but it wasn't permanent. So may, maybe that's what they were referring to. But again, that was a thousand years, almost a thousand years beforehand. So you kind of understand. So what? Babe? Yeah. So what? <laughs> Get your shit. Break yourself, fool. Um. Yeah, I like it. I love the Trill species, but again, for me, this would absolutely work if it would have been Dax. Uh, and again, it's just so you're right. I don't necessarily see why it's advantageous to necessarily introduce an old character or a, a new character when you could have continued to grow the story of an old one. So I'm with you there. Uh, everybody enjoying. would have gone like lost their shit for Dax. So why wouldn't you right. just do it? <laughs> there's either a great reason or there's there's no great reason. Or maybe they'll uh, meet Dax later and they'll become lovers. Lovers. I I anyway I, I dug it. It's <laughs> cool. It, I I love the trill process. I love the the focusing on the trill mythology episodes we saw in DS9 like Equilibrium where you know Dax had repressed memories that were killing her and then she found out she had a hidden host who was actually a murderer and they tried to cover it up or uh the they episode... they wanted to kill her to cover it up. Exactly. Or I love yeah. the, I love the episode. It was later in season three of DS9 Facets, uh, where a, 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 it's a trill ceremony when that when you're joined trill, each trill is is transferred temporarily uh, mentally into the body of a, a, a person that you can speak to them physically. So um, that's awesome. And that's something cool that the, the Jintar, I believe it was called. That's something that they can do uh, with this, though. They actually they covered a tiny bit of it kind of within this so this is i think like even on ds9 in the later episodes with that low rate jadzia named azri oh come on she's so cute but anyway but i digest but whenever they had one episode um you know where they were looking for miles o'brien and it tied into an old episode but they showed trill that weren't joined because most of them aren't and what they're like and they were greedy and deceitful just like just like regular ass people yeah they were they were like humans like humans are now but in the 24th century humans are great and there's no poverty and there's no greed or whatever but yeah out there in the galaxy people are generally just still kind of dicks so so i kind of that's really the direction we go in it shows that they're capable of that all along that's what i took from ds9 right yeah no i totally dig that um any any other any other thoughts richie did you uh any chiming or aaron i've got i've got my they them statement please okay i appreciate the woke lesson no i really don't but can't you just use it instead of like using it and making a whole scene and explaining it? Because my hope for the future is that people ask what pronouns you'd like to be used by rather than just like mucking it up. Do you know what I mean? So instead that- of like, so instead of miss in the future, I would hope that somebody wouldn't misgender someone. So they would ask what pronouns do you use when they meet someone? Potentially, so I, potentially, I, I understand where you're coming from, particularly so, under the lens of Star Trek. Yeah, so I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't appreciate for that reason 
the woke lesson that they decided to give us about the they them. I was like, can't they just do it instead of like explaining it to us like we're dumb? Was that in this episode? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's I think so. I know it was in one of the episodes, but I almost feel like it was later on. But regardless, obviously, it's it's it addressed. It, and I rewatched this in kind of a broke up fashion, so I don't I don't disagree with you. Um, but again, it's I think it's progressive that this is something that was that was addressed openly, but it was addressed in the terms of how we're dealing with it in the 21st century, as opposed to what you know the 32nd century should look like. So I don't know, man. I can't uh, I, I I can't say one way or the other. But it was refreshing to see representation, of course, because that's that is what Star Trek is supposed to all be, be is supposed to be about in its entirety. I'm gonna uh, quit bitching because I actually like the rest of the episodes. What's that, up, Rich? You yeah, know, I was on. just gonna say that I I've been thinking about that. Aaron, you brought this up in our watch party well, last week. Um, really, about, we're gonna talk about the? No, 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 no. We're not gonna talk about that. But, oh, okay. No, 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 no. But you brought that up. The the uh, that that um that you would assume that people in the in the thirty second century or whatever it is would ask for pronouns before misgendering yeah. someone. But I th- what I came to is actually kind of what Charlie just talked about. That you know this is kind of through the lens of the current right our current world right, and it kind of has to ground it that way is the way it feels to me where they kind of have to ground it for us. Because even though, even though a lot of us are accepting of that and would ask that question, not all of us are like, you can't, you can't say everyone. Yeah. You know what? You you, you guys are right because I have to deal with these Star Trek fans all the time. And, um, uh, sometimes I'm shocked. So, yeah, at the insensitivity. Right. Sadly yeah. so, but it, I mean, you know, it's it's it it's true, unfortunately. The the other thing that I really liked about this episode though was the was Saru and his dinner party. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that was Big so time. cute. Big was, time. It, it was it was cute, but then it was also tragic in a way because you had right. you had like um, Detmer and having her little breakdown. Right. And obviously everybody is so affected by this. And I love that Hugh, you know, reports to Saru that that's basically it. Like, you know, yeah, they're all physically fine, but there's a whole lot more to this. You know, they left everything to come to the future. And he gets the idea from the computer. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, computer. Thank you, computer. Oh my goodness. All right, cool. Well, moving on. Uh, Episode five. Uh, Go ahead, please. Oh, I was going to say, please. Episode five. Let's do it. Do it. All right. Read, read away. Okay. Using Senna's memories, Adira guides Discovery to a Starfleet headquarters. Starfleet Command Commander-in-Chief Charles Vance asks for Burnham, Saru, and Adira to beam over to the base where Adira is taken away from medical testing. Vance informs Saru and Burnham that the crew will be interrogated and reassigned while their ship is studied, which Saru agrees to in hopes of earning the trust of Starfleet. Realizing that Starfleet is dealing with a health crisis that could be solved through the seed archives aboard the USS, what's it called? Tikov? Tikov, yeah. Tikov. Burnham receives approval from Vance to take Discovery crew there with a spore drive to retrieve the seeds. They find the occupants of the Tikov dead, except for one man who is fatally injured. He is the same species as security officer Nan, who decides to remain with the Tikov to ensure that he and his family receive a proper burial. 
Discovery returns to Starfleet with the seeds, and an antidote for the health crisis is synthesized. Vance agrees that the Discovery crew may remain together, but they must answer to him. She doesn't want to stay there so that they can have a proper burial. She wants to stay there so somebody's manning the place and they get uh-huh. the burial. Right. Yeah. It's again, it's not again, like it's not like they aren't the leave, greatest. Yeah. They leave her there to bury them real quick. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then abandon yeah. her. Like she's there for a new job that she gives herself out of respect. Right. Um and that and I thought that was really admirable. It was admirable of her, but like I really like her character. Right. Totally. I and, like how and, excited she got too about like, oh, I can breathe normally there. Cool. Right. Right. Yeah, you got to see because again, her species is the the Barzan, which we got in a season uh, three episode of Next Generation uh, as a planet that was you know kind of economically uh, depressed, but their system developed a stable wormhole which went to the Delta Quadrant, which and the end of it became unstable, and uh, some Ferengi got lost on the other side. That turned into an episode of Voyager. Um, so, but but yeah, th- so this was this was an exploration a little bit more of that species that we didn't know a whole lot about. Um, but you know, we get our first gl- uh, glimpse of the Federation and remaining Starfleet at this time, and it's a uh, it's a weird hodgepodge. Lots of great little Easter eggs as they as they enter because they kind of live in the you know. Wonder Woman cloaking dome out in the middle of space where, you know, nobody can see them because that's what keeps them safe. But as the, as they enter it, they see there's, you know, the current version of the starship Voyager is there. There's a ship named after, uh, there's the Eisenberg class USS Nog, which Aaron Eisenberg, Nog, the character. I was, I thought that was my big thing that I noticed about this. And I got so excited that they have this ship they did they did the Voyager and they did the Nog and it was right. such a big nod to Nog, the first Ferengi in Starfleet. That's right. great. And it's a nod to the actor too, which is sweet. They they do another one of those in episode seven, another nod to an actor, but Yes, yes, exactly. So anyway, how do we feel about uh Starfleet uh, Commander in Chief Charles Vance? Is 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 he is he all right? Is he justifiably kind of brusque? I mean, what, how do you guys I, feel about him? I think I felt like he was kind of a dick when I first saw him. <laughs> right, but, true. But that, but that changes. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like his character. Charles Vance, Vance Refrigeration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was the uh, he was in the Mummy, so he's you know Admiral Admiral Mummy was the title that we gave him. Uh, back when Alex and I were talking about well, this. Well, you know, fuck Alex. Fuck yeah. Oh, jeez, easy now. We're not calling the episode that. We're trying to leave. Sorry, sorry, Alex. We're trying Alex. to leave the F-bombs out of the title. But we'll, we'll, All right. We'll sorry, that. Alex. He wouldn't be mad at me. I, I believe you. But at any rate, um, yeah, Doug, the episode, it was cool to see Starfleet. But again, they're, they're super like, we, we do things this way. And we, you know, you're a thousand-year-old starship. And uh, too bad you came to us because we're going to take your shit away. And we don't really care. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, um, it was interesting. Um, I, I liked everybody's reactions to, like, the new tech as they were, like, coming into, like, Doc. And right. they were yeah. all just kind of, they were all kind of like, whoa, floating the cells. What? How does that even work? Yeah. And that, I mean, that was some cool stuff. And that, when they mentioned Voyager, they mentioned like Voyager, like D or something like that. J, so it was like, like J. J. Yeah. J. Yeah. It was yeah. like, whoa, 10 it was, uh, I think they said it was the 13th. Wow. Like, yeah. how cool is that? So, right. It's good to see, good to see it survive. And so I dig it. So, um, so yeah, I like it, but again, you know, it, it, it's it's a slower burn. Ah, 
powerful. Uh, Bill, I liked it. I, know, I liked it too. Bill. I'm not. Like I'm not. Too. I'm not going to complain about this episode. Like I did all the other ones. I thought it was great. <laughs> I right. was. I was pleasantly surprised too because I thought that there was going to be like more of a build up and like oh god the whole season's going to be about them trying to find Starfleet headquarters but they do it rather quickly and I, yes, I thought that god. was really cool. Yeah. That, um, that, did that, you notice? That did you guys notice? The Eli was the holographic character, and that was also the holographic character in that episode of TNG, um, A Fistful of Datas. No. You're right. Yeah, Eli Whitney. Yeah, no, yeah. I never, I never really. Huh. Wow, bizarre. Yep. And wasn't it? Uh, wasn't it as a weird one? Wasn't it famous um, horror director? Um, my God, is it David Cronenberg? Isn't it? Yes. Isn't it literally him? That yeah. is so yep. friggin' bizarre. But he's he, great. He's a he's a Canadian, isn't he? And this is filmed in Toronto, so you know, maybe is. that was the. Connection. You're saying we're not Canadians. We don't know. No, David Cronenberg is Canadian. Oh uh, my goodness. Well, so I'm, all right. I'm, I'm a horror hound, so I I know these things, or at least horror hound, horror 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 hound, not a not a horror hound. That's a different. Huh? Thing. Very 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 different horror hound. All right, episode six, scavengers. Take it away, Richie. All right, scavengers, the Discovery is upgraded to utilize future technology, including programmable matter. Vance, of Vance Refrigeration, sends <laughs> other Starfleet ships on various missions to the remaining Federation space, but orders Discovery to remain at the ready for any rapid response missions. Book's ship travels carrying arrives carrying a three-week-old message from him about a new discovery that he has made, a black box from a Starfleet ship that was destroyed in the burn. Burnum believes that she can use this black box to trace the origin of the burn, but Saru orders her to remain on the Discovery in case they need, are needed by Vance of Vance Refrigeration. Burnham, Advance. <laughs> Burnham agrees, but then destroys or disobeys the order by taking Giorgio and Book's ship to go and find him. On the salvage mission to the planet Hanau, Hanau? Eh? Yeah, I don't know. Giorgio uh, poses as a buyer looking for a rare ship or rare ship pieces while Burnham finds book. They stage a prison break for the servants working at the salvage yards, allowing their escape with book and the black box. When they return, Burnham is reprimanded by Vance for disobeying orders and Saru demotes Burnham from her position as first officer. So that lasted what an episode. So uh, I have been yes. dancing this whole time to strike it up by black box because you keep saying black box. That's not it. Oh, strike sorry. it up as strike it up. There you go. Oh, my God. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> quickest emotion from first officer. You got Burnham do, d- doing what Burnham does, which is basically the big middle finger to anyone who will sit still. She's <laughs> like, uh, oh, you can't do this thing. She's like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this thing, and you can have a big cup of suck it. That's who she is. But that's not really first officer material. Riker didn't do that because he was a right. good boy. He did what the captain said because – She's he, a – bad first officer yeah and as it turns out at the end of the season she gets a different job anyway but we're not going to talk about that yeah she, that I, I that's questionable to me but uh, we'll talk will, about next we'll, week we'll, yeah we, we will talk about that next week but anyway um again more grim and gritty uh you know you're going to the salvage yard which is cool at the end when uh 
all the ships are going up, you see, uh, you, and, and I looked into it, you see the, the, Hiawatha, uh, the same class of ship as the Hiawatha, which was the ship they found Jet Reno on at the beginning of last oh. season. You see a Miranda class ship, which is, of course, the Reliant from Star Trek II, uh, as one of the wrecks that goes up and then crashes. So, uh, yeah, but they're talking, you know, it's kind of cool. They're at this, you know, junk exchange where they're talking about, I'm looking, my favorite clip was I'm looking for some late 24th century self-sealing stem bolts. Anybody oh, who yeah, loves PS9. Oh, yeah, I love it. I loved it. Well, and that's another not to nog, too, isn't an, another, it? Exa- yeah, exactly, because there was a whole episode where very early on when he and Jake, and they were still both teenagers, were trying to do some business through trading, and they ended up with some self-sealing stem bolts, and they're like, you'll never find a better stem bolt in the sector, and nobody has any idea what the hell they do. So you're trying to trade for some self-stem bolts? Not stem bolts, self-sealing stem bolts. Right. Clearly, clearly there's a difference. But yeah, I love it. But yeah, you get Burnham doing what Burnham does, but she you know, she gets busted for it, and she should because she sucks at her job. Yeah, she's no good. <laughs> you know, Black Box has a lot of good songs. I, I really feel like this episode could have used some 90s house music. They do that song Positive Vibration. Um, everybody, that, everybody. Not what good else are vibrations? they? Vibrations. Uh, I, 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 I don't. Re, future. You know what? Future research project for you to come back and do a, a very short presentation at the beginning of the next episode. What do you think about that? What do you want me to do? We'll call it Aaron's Black Box. When we come on next week, you can talk <laughs> about Black Box a little bit. No, I'm can, not gonna do that. I'm, I'm not gonna do that. So, do uh, that. other thoughts about this before we take this home? Let me see. Let me refer to my notes. Nope. I no, I'm good. my notes. My notes say nope. My my big takeaway was that Burnham got demoted like that quickly. Like uh-huh. just within a blink of an eye, basically. And and Tilly took it. She was just like, yeah. you know, I feel bad saying this, but you know, Burnham's not very good at her job. And... Yeah. Right. Well, and that happens in the next episode, but that's okay. Um oh, because is that yeah, the next one? It it's a, it's the very last line of the last, of the last summary. I but don't yeah. Know. I get crowd blindness. I don't know, man. But all right, we're moving on to episode seven, and I loved the title of this. Uh as being being a third <laughs> third part of uh, of a really classic storyline, and and I think it really did serve it. So okay, Aaron, Aaron, not uh, not ready to go. It's time for you to go. I'm ready. <laughs> all right, do it. After listening to many hit jams by the house band Black Box, <laughs> Burnham believes she can find the source of the burn with data from Project SB-19, a possible st- space travel alternative to dilithium developed by the unified Vulcan and Romulan people on Navarre, formerly the planet Vulcan. They believe SB-19 caused the burn and do not want to give the data to the Federation, who they have left. Vance of Vance Refrigeration believes Burnham <laughs> can convince them otherwise since her brother Spock began the process of unifying the Vulcans and Romulans. At Navarre, Burnham invokes Talnaket. Is that what's called? Talnaket? Takal and Ket, I believe. Whatever. whatever. You got it. Whatever. Hold on. I can't read this. My, my cat's in front of me. A Vulcan trial intended to verify her scientific claim to the SB19 data. She is represented by her mother, Gabrielle who was previously trapped in the future and has since joined the weird nun people of that planet. War, warrior a sect, nuns, yeah. A <laughs> sect of war, Romulan war, warrior nuns. There you go. Gabrielle makes Burnham confront her own intentions and sense of confusion about her destiny, leading Burnham withdrawing from the trial. Impressed by this, Navarre president Trina gives Burnham the SB-19 data. 
Meanwhile, Saru names Tilly as his acting first officer. Which Ooh. is super weird because she's an ensign, but second in command of the ship. But okay, <laughs> why not? So, yeah, you would think the next ranking officer would be somebody or that Starfleet would plug somebody in. So it's it's that's that's a real, real weird thing. Um, news of note, this episode was actually written by... Kristen Bayer, who is uh, the who spearheaded the post uh, Voyager post series uh, relaunch novels, which are non canon, but I've read most of, and actually I'm listening to an audio book of the latest one. So, so yeah, so basically, someone who has crossed the Gulf from um, from the non canonical novel universe to being doing stuff in the show, so um, which I think is pretty cool. Um, I absolutely love this. It I, to me, it just it, it totally. Totally drove things home to see uh, the footage of Leonard Nimoy as Spock, which I think you mentioned a little while back, Aaron, would be kind of a, an homage uh, yeah. to, to a character in the past, which they, they did that. That really, actually really well. wasn't the one I was thinking of. Oh, well, then we. They we'll, had a USS what? Yelchin. Oh, really? Anton Yelchin, which is a nice nod, even though JJ still sucks and yes, the correct. Kelvin universe still sucks. It was a really nice nod to that actor that passed away. So that's the one that I noticed. Um, yeah, correct. It, 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 JJ own. and the Kelvin universe do suck, but Anton Yelchin did not deserve to die over it. Come on. Yeah. And, or, yeah, I, and I thought he did a pretty good job in the role. You know well. what's weird about that whole thing? I Right before he died, I... Um, I had a valet park my car and actually wreck it when I went to get it into my friend's car. And I had to have like a rental SUV that was comparable size to my SUV. Mm -hmm. And they gave me a Jeep. And I had the biggest problem with the shifter because it's like right to the right of the steering wheel. Mm -hmm. So, so like instead of it being, you know, where a gear shifter would be, it's like, it's like a little handle beside it. And I was like, this is the most piece of shit design I've ever seen. Cause I never know if it's in gear or not. And then it killed this man. And I'm like, Holy shit. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I right. just had one of these death traps and I had the same problem with it. I just bitched about it the whole time. I called enterprise. I'm like, can you trade this in and give me some sort of like piece of crap, like Hyundai or something. <laughs> Hyundai. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, so anyway, um, I, yeah, I really love this. Uh, it really, to me, it, it did feel like uh, it did feel like it earned the name because it, you know, one unification one and two that season five of TNG where we, we find uh, an uh, an older Spock on Romulus trying to, uh, re, you know, unificate the Vulcan and Romulan people, and of course, you know, having being betrayed and having the Romulan government try to get in his way, but you know, Picard and Data have to go rescue him. And in this, you see that the fruits of his labor, 800 years previously, have paid off, but it really through circumstances related to the burn or SB 19, or it should be SBD, silent but deadly. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. S- oh. Silence, SBV. Oh, SBV. <laughs> uh, silent but <laughs> Talking, <laughs> ah, there's our fart humor that's been so missing from this program. Why um, did you have to do the fart jokes? Oh, I don't know. You know, I don't know why I do most of the things I do. This is Harley, stop with the farts. There's no quantification. Stop with the farts. Um, but I love it. I think this episode, you know, we we get her mom back. We get this nice tie in uh, to the the warrior, the Romulan warrior nuns. 
Uh, Picard gets a name drop because the the uh, the video of uh, Leonard Nimoy Spock that we watch is from the the archives of Admiral Picard. I mean, so it's just mm -hmm. a lot of great connections between uh, another Star Trek program going on kind of at the same time. So I loved it. But again, Tilly becoming first officer with the rank of engine ensign makes zero sense. Yeah, but, because there's uh, so whatever. many people that are more qualified for her on that ship. Right. Yeah, I'm like, with you. They're like, she's a main character, and this way we don't have to really move things around. This is it's just dumb. But <laughs> but anyway, they fast tracked uh, oh, it. They fast tracked it like uh, JJ does. They, they yeah, they really did JJ this shit, which I just maybe that's maybe that's why I dislike it even more. So <laughs> I don't. We don't like JJ guys. I don't know if they know that yet. Go, yeah, any listeners, in case you don't know, we don't like J.J. Abrams. Yeah. No, I, I asked him if he would come on yeah. the show. I asked him to come on the show. <laughs> oh, yeah? I how sent the, him how, a, how'd that work out? Well, he never responded. I sent him that message. I was like, hey, do you want to come on this podcast we do so we can talk about how much you suck to your face and i got <laughs> and nothing he, and he and he turned that down that's that is completely insane uh, i know it's right. like, yeah it seems like you right. wanted to respond to something like that yeah so. i'd be Anyways. like you suck i'm rich yeah <laughs> i'm rich bitch all right any final thoughts before we move on to the news no i don't want to say anything else. I want. I will say nothing. So we will cover the remaining six episodes of the season in next week's broadcast. But moving on to the new Starfleet dispatches, we have uh, we have swag and we have a swag story and a swag story. So up top, we have the uh, the realization of something I've been bitching about for an awfully long time. Uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture, the director's edition was released back in 2001 in the days before high definition so the disc exists it's still for sale but it has never been upgraded because it was uh, said in later times that the 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 advancements of the work were left behind on a hard drive that got erased and yada 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 it's and a bunch uh, of crap it's a we, bunch we've of we learned that it's lies we learned that it's <laughs> lies and actually the guy who's responsible for a lot of that work uh adam mojo Leibowitz is somebody who I've talked to on social media and have asked him about being interviewed on this program. So that is something I'm working on. No Show problem. him a picture of the three of us wearing bikinis. Yes. Girls in yeah. bikinis. Yeah. Rich and I, Rich and I each wearing speedos. I, I don't really think that's. No, no. You'll wear a bikini. Yeah. We're, we're going to oh, wear no, bikinis, Charlie. You'll wear a bikini. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah, they're looking to finally get this cranked out in HD, and I couldn't be more exciting. Uh, Star Trek, the motion picture, to me, holds a special place because it is so different. Oh, is, is this so... all my feature? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people, oh, a, lot, a lot of people give it a lot of hate, but it's the thing that, the thing that saved Star Trek. It really did. It's it created a film franchise, which then gave us the next generation. I just like saying feature. Vija, the the Vija. Um, so yeah, so I'm fired up about this. Uh, Paramount is expecting the restoration project to take six to eight months. So I would expect that we will see this obviously sometime kind of early, to mid, early to mid next year. Yeah, in two years. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so anyway, so I'm super fired up uh, about that. And then this article does go on to talk a little bit about they're releasing uh, a box set of the first four films. Uh, also in black 4k box. Oh, yeah black not a black no, the box <laughs> it's a black is, box the, set black the box looks white no no um, the, the ultra high, ultra 4k high def what is is black so it is a black box oh my god so <laughs> i don't know and rich you're the disc guy i don't know anything about 4k ultra hd what it's like i i don't have the player what do i need a different player to watch that or what's up 
You do. You need a new player and you need a new TV to be able to watch 4K Ultra. High. Oh, I don't give to. I just got a new TV last year. So about this part, <laughs> I really don't give a shit. So, oh, yeah. Man. And you need a new house and you need a new couch. Well, no. OK, I mean, so they're, they're releasing this set also just on Blu-ray, too. So it's they're releasing okay. two different sets. There's a Blu-ray version and then there's an a 4K version as well. But the I mean, the exciting thing about this is that you're going to get also you're going to get the. Uh, director's edition of it looks like the motion picture no is that going to be included in that no uh, just a, just a vanilla version uh, okay well never so, mind yeah, so rich why, gets uh, all his it. intel from the um obsolete technology museum oh the obsolete right. technology museum and, oh here, and, here and we go rich, what, what's your favorite source for spoilers it's isn't it we got discovered that no <laughs> not at all geo that's, that's your Geo-city. favorite <laughs> ah, I'm still on AOL, guys i'm still on aol there's oh something nice God. about this if you scroll down and you look at the the individual disc cases yes. for each of these four they are the movie posters which you yeah. don't really see that often which that is true I, a, oh a, wow, yeah. Yeah, a, cool. a company that I really like called Shout Factory. Uh, yep. They make Blu-rays, and they ha- they do a lot of cult movies. So like, if you like Sleepaway Camp or you like Candyman or something like that, what? they have like 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 the Jonestown massacre. Oh no, Sleep Sleepaway Camp, the movie with Felissa Rose you know, from you the eighties. You said cult movies, and I was trying to think of cult. cult. Oh, no, not, I don't know that not many. Jim Jones cult, like yeah. cult, like cult level, like cult status movies. Uh, anyway, I know. I'm they kidding. have. I know. I just they they have reversible uh, inserts, so you can have like the original movie poster if you want, or you can have like their new art. So I love seeing new art or, or original art on there. Uh, I love that. That's that's great stuff to me. But anyway, I'll stop. Yeah, that art is pretty cool. Yeah. And I like how like the cover of the whole box is like a mismatch of all the different movies that are in the box. The only thing I don't understand is why is it a four why is it four movies? Why isn't it the six movies? Yeah, Hell, why right. isn't it the so, ten movies, right? Yeah. Like, well, yeah, it, you're right. Why, why, why does they? Have well, they had that one movie that was really bad with those whales. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh oh! Oh shit! Shots fired. Ouch. Okay, moving on. Uh, we do. I, I do have a, a hodgepodge about nonfiction uh, books, which usually, you know, obviously it, these these can be kind of considered quasi canonical. Uh, because, and, and again, this first one up, I actually have a few in the series. Uh, this comes from uh, Hero Collector, which is also Eagle Moss. They make the, the ships that I have collected load these many years. But I've got a couple of these on my shelf of just Starfleet ships, but they've got another one coming out, uh, Alpha Quadrant and Major Races. And it's basically they take the Eagle Moss books, uh, little booklets that come with each or issues as it were they come with each ship and they kind of compact it into a big volume which i think which i th- which i think is pretty sweet so you, you know I, Charlie, love, yeah. I, I like all of my i like all of my ship collectibles to be digital i'm not really a ah, oh my you god like, bl- bloopers of the borg i know <laughs> that, i mean the yeah. mistakes must go make it so <laughs> oh my god. yeah th- th- this i'm fair to see yeah this looks like fun so yeah a satire book kind of probably along the same lines of uh the Nitpicker's Guide. Rich, oh, haven't I you and I those. talked about that one? Yeah, the Nitpicker's Guide are great. If I don't still... there's, a, there's a kitty. Oh, it's all about grudge. It's the, the Book, book of Grudge. Oh, yeah. I know. I yeah. love kitties. 
So I love, I you know, a few <laughs> books that I will actually put on my shelf is that, it, 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 like, if I'm going to, I haven't read a book book in a while, sorry. I, I've switched over to audio books. He, but can't, he can't read, guys. I can't like, read, I'm sorry. We, but we're not going to bring it up again. We don't want him to feel bad. It's my That's nest. why we do all the recaps, guys. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah he yeah. never reads a single one. Oh, my God. I want to learn to read. But anyway, yeah, there's a book about Grudge the Cat. So if I'm going to put anything on my bookshelf, it's it's stuff like this that's kind of fun. They're pic- picture books. Picture books. They're bathroom books. But yeah, exactly. For, it's for having a poop. So it's isn't, for that, ha- isn't that what your phone is for? Why it's, does this have to be all poop and farts? I don't know. You're, you're the one who said bathroom. You opened the door. You I've op- had a Star Trek book in my bathroom for like, I don't know, my entire adult life. And it's the one that they base those academy exams on oh for starship God. operations. They use this book. And I'm like, oh, I know that book. There we go. That's a good But book. I don't sit there and read it in there. I just have it in there for guests. Oh, so the guests like, can read it? Like yeah, a, that. And I have a book about robots for them and the, <laughs> and the Encyclopedia of Middle Earth. That is nice. good, uh, good, good, uh, good reading on the toilet. So anyway, um, that's the show, gang. Good stuff. Uh, lively conversation. And I, I th- uh, is is that the show? I thought we were, were like this was our test run and we weren't recording yet. Oh, did I have to hit recording? Oh my God, Richie, take us out. Take where? Take you where? Oh, the show. I'm low on gas <laughs> and you need a coat. Anyway, oh. <laughs> you guys can split it. Oh my God, go for it. Uh, for more information about Starfleet International in Michigan and beyond, please visit the USS Grand Petoskey and the USS Nomad on Facebook. Shows produced by me now, so I don't have to give Todd credit. Ah, we are part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. This is Code 47, talking about Star Trek. Holocron Chronicles is all about Star Wars on a biweekly basis. That is myself and Mark Carabin, who teams up on the opposite week to talk about video games with my pal, Todd Extra, whom I have been recording for seven years now, the Secret Friends Unite, quote unquote, Prime Universe, uh, non JJ uh, <laughs> podcast where we talk about JJ kind of geek, sucks. JJ sucks, where we talk about geek culture at large. All of our uh, episodes can be found over at our website, along with exciting original content that is secretfriendsunite.com hit us up over on twitter at secretfriendsu let us know what you think about the show pose a question talk about how much you love jj let's get into a twitter war i'm all for it i feel like the last part of this should be aaron's but we have a great store over on t public we do what kind of stuff can you get over at that store Uh, i don't know charlie it's not my store do you think there are mugs (laughs) <laughs> I think there might be T-shirts. Maybe you can get a hoodie, zip-up um, hoodie. But do they over. have do they have mugs? Mu- and tumblers and stickers, tumblers, stickers, and magnets, and you get a notebook. And so anyway, all the proceeds from that do actually support the network and our effort to bring you new and exciting. Oh my gosh, stuff. I bet that stuff goes on sale a lot too. So I might Pretty pick some frequently. up. Frequently. I think you good, should absolutely good do little that. gift. That would be a good little gift to someone you know who loves great stuff. With that, friends, I'm gonna tell you to I'm gonna thank you again for joining wait, us. Wait, wait, Charlie. Hold on. Hold on. We have an event coming up. Oh please. Oh, yeah. We do and it's a big event. It's actually um for our person the three of us we're going to emcee the whole event, um, mostly Charlie, but then, you know, Rich and I kind of like on the show. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be pretty okay. cool. It's um, it's going to be a virtual Star Trek summit 
We're going to have NASA speakers. We're going to have a, a cosplay contest that anybody can enter. We have the links for all that stuff on our Facebook page now. Um, there's going to be all these auctions too. All of it goes to charity. I, I personally bought to donate all of these beautiful Klingon weapons, um, a, a bat left. I mean, we have thousands of dollars worth of stuff that people have donated artists. Like it's going to be really great. So if you can check it out, please do. Everything goes toward, um, you know, animals in need. All right, I'm done. Totally awesome. That's okay. I will allow your unscripted interruption, but at any rate, friends, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you as always that sharing is caring and to keep on trekking. Kapla. And the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. JJ, you suck. <laughs>